right, I got the green light from our podcast producer, Phil Better, and we are here live in the clubhouse today on Thursday discussing Enjoy Creating Wealth, starting with your movement, especially during COVID time. I'm Tate, and you're in the New Media Collective Clubhouse room. We are also podcasting out from our clubhouse room to our podcast, Billion Dollar Mind. And so it's great to have the stage today shared uh, so far with Phil Better and Lou Temlett. And uh, we have Angel out in the audience and welcome. So just what is creating wealth starting with your movement? Well, that's the topic that we'll be discussing today. And I kind of wanted to start out just with a topic that I cover in my coaching course, uh, which is a 30-day coaching course centered on inner awareness and bringing that out into the world and serving others. And it occurs to me that all of those major icons in the world, out there in the world, such that bring a message that's really a global message, they never really had to worry about creating their movement. Uh, somehow, you know, people like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., uh, based on circumstances in this world, um, not always good circumstances, in fact, oftentimes negative circumstances are what brings movements together. And I recognize and realize that it's a little aspirational to be talking about creating a movement for every single person in the world. But trust that each and every one of you listening to this podcast and in this clubhouse room have a unique value that you bring to this world. And discovering that value is kind of the process on becoming your own icon. And so I thought we'd discuss, you know, a little bit about what a movement is first and then kind of go around the table and open discussion, especially starting a movement for your business and your lifestyle um, during this COVID time where we're sort of cloistered at home. Uh, so I wanted to define the word movement. A, uh, let's see here, looking at Merriam-Webster, I'm seeing that uh, a movement is a group of people working together to advance their shared ideas. And it could be ideas based on politics, social, artistic, creative, entrepreneurial, and that's precisely what the New Media Collective is. Um, it's based on a movement, and that movement is based on the purpose that I have for the group, which is to model abundance for good. So to model abundance for good. And, uh, you know, that's a vision statement. That's a movement uh, beginning. Um, but it is a group of people working together to advance their shared ideas. And so I want to welcome to the stage Lou Temlett, Phil Better, and Raj Singh with our topic today, Enjoy Creating Wealth, 
starting with your movement. So just a brief, uh, just a brief introduction sequence here as we go. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with our mastermind members in the New Media Collective, I'd like to introduce a couple that are on stage right now. And Lou Temlet, I would love to uh, give you the microphone, allow you to introduce yourself, and maybe you could tell us, uh, as far as you are in your current version of you, what is your movement, Lou? Thank you very much, Tate. Um, yes, I am Lou, your tech guru, uh, 27 years in the industry, as well as being immersed in tech since the age of three. So um, I am a creative technologist helping new business owners create and complete an intuitive online offering, um, basically to help them retain the most relevant customers for their brand. Now, in terms of movement, this is a really interesting topic because I'm not sure I can answer that right now, Kate, because for me, it feels like my brand and my being haven't shifted into that zone. Um, so I'm, I'm going to uh, eloquently decline to answer this particular question at this time, if you're happy with that. Oh, I'm 100% happy with that. You know, what it is is... <laughs> In this moment, our current version of ourselves, right? Um, often what brings us to entrepreneurship is some problem out there that, you know, you know, we hate our job. You know, we don't have any purpose anymore. We're laying on the couch after we get home from work wondering what in the heck are we doing? Um, and so often movements are cast in frustration. Uh, sadness, disillusionment, even demoralization. I mean, just look at the movement of Dr. King, right? Um, you know, providing uh, a civil rights movement. Any movement in the world is, is generated itself off of a shared group of values. And uh, Lou, I appreciate very much your willingness to, uh, you know, not have an answer. I think authenticity brings us to a point where, I mean, if I were, if I'm being very honest with you, just one year ago I had no movement, I had no purpose. I shouldn't say movement, but I, you know, I had no purpose. And movements don't start big; they start with one person. They start small, and then others gather steam and are part of that movement. And we're glad that you are part of our movement of uh, modeling abundance for good lose. So thanks for answering that. I'd love to turn the mic now over to Arman. Oh, Arman, it's so good to see you. Arman Shahi uh, is with us back on stage as a mastermind member of the New Media Collective. Arman, how are you doing today, my friend? Hey, Tate. Thank you for the warm welcome. It's been a while since I've been on stage yet. I have to take, uh, take some time to adjust to the new lifestyle of being suited. I'm feeling great, man. It's funny we're talking about movement. I'm actually on the treadmill. No, it's not a treadmill. It's the uh, the machine where like you just got handlebars and it's I don't know what it's called. Like you move the handlebars and you walk with it. So so I'm on theme. That's all I want to say. I'm on moving. I'm on theme. Are you are you doing jazzercise? 
uh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> you're you're on a bike that moves the handle. That sounds pretty funky. I love it. Yeah, it's not a bike. Trainer. I, a I don't know. What a cross trainer, sure. Let's let's call it a cross trainer. That's amazing. Armand, you say that movement, you know, obviously that is one kind of movement and that's very poignant. Um, you know, I know that you are a flow expert. Um, have you dis discovered any of your purpose at this point? And if so, you know, share about the process you've gone through with that. Sure thing. If I were to put it uh, simply, I would say, Peace of mind is is my purpose. I feel like finding peace within myself is the starting point of spreading it to the people around me. I think we live in an age where there's a lot of overwhelm, overstimulation, and distraction. And to be able to create the type of work that truly impacts that truly serves and makes a difference. Um, we have to work on our inner peace. Flow comes into that. Um, flow is really just a, a state of mind that where you're just focused on what you're doing. Uh, for me, I really struggled with, well, I really struggled with overthinking and uh, I guess, overthinking and not knowing what I wanted to do for a long time. And I realize now that it's, you're not always going to know what, you're, what, you, what you want to do. I'm not always going to know what I want to do and I don't always have to be clear. But as long as I have that peace of not knowing, that understanding that nothing is perfect and that imperfection is the perfection, that that is something that helps me move forward and impact others at a higher level. Does that answer your question? I love it. I love it. And I would not expect, I would not expect any uh, less thoughtful answer from a slow expert like yourself, Armand. And um, it's so great that you can join us. You're on break from school and, uh, you know, you also said something I think that was very poignant about movement, but I want to get to that, you know, a little bit later. So I'm going to hand the mic over now to Raj. And uh, Raj, uh, have you done any work on your own purpose and your movement? And, you know, how does that land for you at this point in your business? Hello, masterminders. It's awesome to see all of you here. Jay, uh, Bill. Lou, superb to see you here. And it's amazing that you're Armand and part of the mastermind movement, shall I say. And Armand, it's great to hear you and see you again. Um, so a movement, I think that is, in my opinion, a twofold uh, question. So a movement, I would say, is something like a, a situation like the Black Lives Movement. So that is... So that will first come to mind. And the second would be the farmers' protest, which happened in India. So those I would consider two movements where they're going towards 
a purpose and they're going towards a reason to change um, something. So um, in, in relation to the Black Lives Matter, that was to change racism. And in terms of um, the farmers protest, that was for to change the agricultural laws that the Indian government were imposing on poor farmers, you see. So, um, so I, I wouldn't necessarily say I've got a movement as such. I would say I've got more of a purpose because um, although the movement ends up as a purpose, I feel that my purpose is a little bit different in terms of that um, I want to help businesses, you know, because in the last 18 months during the pandemic, and we asked it in the pandemic that um, a lot of businesses have suffered. And um, in the last nine months or so, or shall I say in the last year, I've been trying to educate businesses to make themselves, um, how can I say, pandemic or COVID protected. And what that means is that if you've got a business that is a football shop, um, why don't you take it online and have an online presence as well? Because if you don't take it online, when a situation like this happens, you lose your income. You see, so and what happens is then the economy has a bit of a dip. So if you're a business that's got a shop, but you can still sustain it by having an online income, the economy is still sustainable. You see, so then that's the purpose that I that I feel that I can be a part of and I can help because um, I've had personal uh, friends. I've had um, um, people that I know that own businesses that have lost their livelihoods, you know, and now they're on the verge of losing their homes and probably be on the street, you know, and it's not a nice thing to see because the reason why I say that is I've been there. I've been there and I was there probably about 20, 30 years ago. So um, I'm talking from personal experience. So I would like to move it back to you, Tate, and let us know what, what, what your movement is or what your purpose is. Yeah, absolutely, Raj. I am, um, I, you know, such a big question. How dare I ask such a big question? <laughs> because, you know, uh, it's a big question, right? And you cannot force um, something as organic as a movement. You can only provide an opportunity for people to jump on board. Um, now there are social movements that have nothing to do with business, nothing to do with actual creation of wealth as, as financial wealth that is. Um, but there's also, uh, movements that create, uh, awareness. And, you know, one of the things about business and sales and marketing that I've noticed throughout my career is that. There is such a tail wagging the dog phenomenon going on. And what I mean by that is I'm out there to get clients so that they can join me and pay me money and I can survive and live. And that is such a lack mindset. Uh, and I think that mindset really permeates not only what we're doing as entrepreneurs who are conscious, but also it permeates in the corporate world. You walk into a corporation and one of the first things you hear are KPIs and metrics. And generally those metrics are based on sales, conversions. Uh, and uh, if you take a, you know, a 50,000 look up down at those metrics, if you were like, 
in the afterlife, looking down at all these little people, you know, on earth, managing their businesses, managing their lives, you would think, what is wrong with these people? Um, there's an old uh, adage that goes, constantly measuring the cow will not produce more milk. And, you know, after having been in the education field for over a decade and moving into that field as we were starting testing uh, and seeing all of uh, the data, uh, you know, kids turning into data, right? What is that? And then people turning into data, what is that? So, you know, the movement uh, that I hope to influence is a conscious collective of the New Media Collective. And the purpose is, you know, to be able to uh, model or demonstrate abundance for good. And that's my own personal vision. And I recognize the collective of people and the beautiful people on stage here on this clubhouse room and in this podcast also have uh, their own uh, purpose to their life. And I think that individuals' purposes come together and align into a movement. So I would be very interested in hearing any reflections on what I just said. I, it's Thursday, so I go deep. I like swim down to the bottom of the soul on Thursdays, I think. And I think people sometimes lose uh, where I'm going. But I hope that kind of resonates with anyone, with folks on stage, um, you know, to, to kind of bring it back to this topic of today is enjoying creating wealth. Because we do need to enjoy creating wealth. And wealth is more than just finances. Wealth is abundance. It's many clients and serving your clients or customers. It's creating new widgets and gadgets and gadgets and services and enjoying life. And then when I enjoy life, other people walk around and they see me enjoying life, right? And other people start enjoying life too. So um, I'm going to take my foot out of my mouth right now and let some other people share. Uh, I don't know if that made any sense at all to anyone in the room, but you know, let's have fun with this. Let's talk about uh, some ideas and purpose that we haven't, you know, one of the places to start, I think, is like what we really wanted to do when when we were kids. You know, what was that vision that we had? Um, and oftentimes, it's not really, uh, it's not really tied to the actual job. It's tied to more of a higher purpose. So I see some mics flashing. So I want to go first over to Lou, and then Lou handed to Raj. Yay, thank you so much, Tate. Um, I didn't actually hear any of what you said. No, it's all right. I'm only joking. I heard every word. So thank you very <laughs> much. <laughs> um, thank you very much. You kind of um, reminded me, actually. You know, movement feels a huge word, but purpose, I kind of get. Um, for me, I'm, I'm a mother, um, and, you know, my purpose is to really be a great mom. And I kind of discovered that uh, after reading a fabulous book, uh, probably about 10 or 12 years ago, um, called What Is Your Purpose? And, but prior to that, one of the other things you've reminded me about is, you know, one of the things I really wanted to do as a child 
Now, um, having children, you kind of have to deal with all sorts of things. Uh, and I'm rather squeamish. So nursing and kind of being a doctor was never on my radar, never, ever. However, um, I always wanted to be a teacher um, right from a very, very young age. Now, my youngest daughter is four. And I remember at that age, you know, having kind of an old manuscript book and um, writing lists of, of children's names and pretending that I was kind of marking the register um, as a as a very young kind of toddler. Um, now, teaching has kind of always been in my Uh, kind of events uh, for young children, helping out running parties and all sorts of things. But um, yeah, and also kind of, you know, my time within HR uh, as a training manager. Um, and I absolutely love that. You know, I have I have a, a slight kind of, I'm not sure whether to call it conflict. I, I feel it's an internal conflict because, you know, whilst I've been doing tech for for many years, you know, my passion, I love being in front of people and just seeing their growth and the light bulb turn on for them when they actually understand the concept. You know, that's the most rewarding thing. So maybe for me, you know, the purpose thing uh, and the movement comes from comes from educating and, and being there to support others, you know, uh, and being of service. And actually, you know, in, in my time, you know, I've covered uh, Edward Shine's career anchors and uh, the, the career anchor that stood out for me was service and dedication to a cause. So I've always wanted to be part of something um, that kind of uh, frames and gives back and kind of offers offers good to the world. Um, but, uh, you know, we all, have, we all have a mission and we all have a purpose, uh, but uh, also... Uh, you know, we, we have to sustain and survive and thrive as well. Anyway, thank you, Kate. Uh, I think Raj was flashing his mic as well. So uh, I will eloquently whiz the mic over to Raj to see what he has to say. Thank you, Lou. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a very uh, deep and interesting uh, topic. Um, as I said earlier, Tate, I think um, a movement is something where a mass community believe in the same message, or shall I say the same kind of end goal, um, whereas with a purpose, it's sometimes a little bit different because the end goal is the same with a movement, you see, because everybody wants the same outcome. Whereas with a purpose, it's an, an, like an individual trying to help um, a mass amount of people so it's kind of flipped on the other like it's kind of flipped like the other way around now when i was growing up as a child um i was a massive soccer fan and as we call it here in the uk and in europe football so i wanted to be a footballer and um believe it or not um globally around the world there's not enough indian or asian footballers so when i when i came into my teens um i was pretty heavy in sports and um, I thought to myself that um, if I can't do football then what else can I do so my father at the age of 14 actually bought me a set of dumbbells 
And he was like, do you know what? You want to get to sports, so why not do weight training or get into bodybuilding? And lo and behold, that's what I got into. And since the age of 14 up until like now, uh, I'm moving 2021, um, I've been I've been doing bodybuilding, weight training, and I've been getting into health and fitness. And that has helped me not only for myself, but it's helped me to understand that your mental health is really important as well. Because if you've got your health, you will definitely have your wealth. And as the saying goes, no health, no wealth. So in terms of a purpose, I believe that my number one purpose, I would say, is to look after myself and my mental state. But my second purpose is to obviously, as a from my corporate business side, is to help individuals with their companies and see how I can help them make money and not lose their livelihoods and sustain their businesses or careers. Um, yeah, so I hope that answers uh, the question that you was looking for, Tate. Um, I'm going to pass it over to Oman, actually, because I haven't heard from Oman at the moment. So I'm going to pass it over to him. What do you think, Oman? Uh, Roger, it's funny you mentioned football because when I was a kid, I played a lot of football and I used to watch a lot of it. And I, I'm pretty sure at one point I, I did want to be a footballer. Uh, at one point I did want to be a footballer. Other than that, vision uh, has a smile. A funny story. One time in grade two. Uh, when when we finished grade two, at the kind of graduation party at school, they gave us a soccer ball. I came home with that soccer ball and started kicking it around because I was stupid. And then I hit a glass frame that was hanging on the wall, and I broke it with my soccer ball. Then my mom came home and threw out my ball from the back. So after that, <laughs> I didn't really want to become a footballer. No, I'm just kidding. But getting back to the topic, uh, I think taking care of your body is really important. Uh, like Raj said, health is true wealth. And I totally agree with Lou. I love uh, how she brought up education because as an entrepreneur, I wouldn't be where I am without teachers, mentors, and the access to education. Um, I'm getting a poor connection signal. I hope I'm still coming through. Yeah, we're hearing you okay, Armand. Uh, we understand that uh, that elliptical machine probably swallowed up your signal. Yeah, that elliptical machine actually swallowed up on my knee tendon, so I'm on to yoga now. I'm, I'm stretching. I'm <laughs> stretching. You sound a lot calmer now. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and going back to purpose, this topic, this is obviously a big topic. Um, this is something I think about frequently. And again, I think predominantly it's about taking care of my own peace of mind, doing the things that bring me peace, protecting my positivity. And the second part of it is always about giving back. It's about service. It's about doing something for others. 
whether it's uh, a compliment to a classmate or just checking in with my family or somebody from across the world who has trouble with mental health. Those are the two things that make me feel most fulfilled, I would say. And there's a lot of other things that bring me fulfillment, but just to keep it brief and concise, I would say peace of mind, cultivating a peace of mind and serving others are the two things that bring me uh, fulfillment. And I wanted to ask you, Tate, what are, what are some things that make you feel most fulfilled? And how do you how do you practice them on a daily basis? Yeah. Well, first, Armand, let me draw some powerful attention to what you said about the soccer ball. Uh, it's my belief that uh, life um, brings us reactions to things, and sometimes those reactions, over time or if they're a big enough reaction, as in like a trauma, or even if it's just a, an uncomfortable situation, creates this paradigm in our life. Uh, it's a paradigm, it's a value, it's a whatever it's called, it's, it's this belief that we start to tie in. And it almost made me saddened to hear that you, you know, with a soccer ball, broke a frame and then moved away from that, right? How many people, from one instance, you know, <laughs> we never know how much we affect other people, whether somebody shouts at us or yells at us or, you know, we get a negative response, we start to build this paradigm. Uh, and then that paradigm, you know, maybe that paradigm for you, Armand, was, hey, soccer's not safe. I'm going to break things. So I'd not, I'd better stop. And I wonder how many people in our roles as entrepreneurs run into that every day. And I wonder if that's part of why we, uh, you know, what is it like 90% of the businesses that start in the first three years fail or whatever it is. I think there's an answer to that. And uh, to, to really just to answer the question that you said, what brings me joy, um, what brings me happiness most is, I think you coined it. It's serving others, uh, serving others first, delivering value or service to others. And I think that's big and key. Uh, it used to be called the service industry or services, you know, what you provide service in the old days. Uh, the town blacksmith had the service to create the horseshoes and, you know, the, the, the town, uh, you know, haberdasher. I don't know if that's the right word, but. Uh, you know, clothing, the tailor, um, they were services. And uh, now it's a product, a business, a deal. Um, and so I feel like there's two things coming from my heart right now. One of them is service, serving others. The other is raising the level up of quality, a higher level of quality when it comes to the way we interact with others, the way we exchange our business with others. Um, you know, the other day I was received, taking receipt of a new um, 
a beautiful little journaling tablet that I found from Norway. And uh, it was a shipping company that um, I had five touch bases with, five contacts with. And I got so frustrated, uh, you know, and it just reminded me of my time working customer service for a large, very economic retail chain. And it reminds me that it's a race to the bottom for a lot of people. It's uh, So I think I would like to elevate the idea of quality and combine that with service. You know what I mean? So it just becomes, I don't know, a higher quality product and service delivered with service first. And you know, that's not an easy task. Um, the bells and whistles get you the sales all the, a lot of the time. But my belief is that the tortoise is much more powerful than the hare. And quality, you know, starting with quality ends up being a movement, a, a, a momentous time, a momentum. And, you know, this time during COVID isn't a great example. Uh, how many of us would still be working our regular jobs had we not been let go or had uh, business not gone under. And uh, I count it in among the most uh, transformational and beautiful experiences of my life when my last corporate boss called me into the office and said, hey, oh, I'm sorry, we're going to have to lay you off. Oh, it was terrible then. But now I think, thank God I got laid off. Um, I would never have met you all. I would have never been able to be part of, you know, a, a growing movement, um, you know, and a movement of authentic entrepreneurs wanting to be conscious, wanting to be interested in other people, not just the product, not just the service. Um, so I don't know. Does that answer your question back to me, Armand? Uh, yes, Kate. I think you spoke from the heart. That's really the best way to address the type of question I asked about happiness. Awesome. Well, I know, Armand, you and I could go on like philosophically for hours, but I think then Phil, Lou, and Raj would have to prop some toothpicks in their eyes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, Armand, I, I appreciate it so much. Oh, go ahead, Lou. You're going to say something. No, I was just saying, well, we have to do that again. <laughs> We've already done it again. Again? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Awesome. Well, uh, you know, I haven't heard from Phil. Uh, Phil, what do you think about what the topic is here? What kind of movement do you got going? I, I have an interesting movement because I'm someone that always likes to give. And, like, as you know, Tate, I, I came to you and said, hey, you have a great uh, – you, you, I've been into your clubhouse multiple times, and I know how much value there is. So I was like, I'm going to give the option to Tate to uh, grow his podcast. And I love – podcasting because it's a way that everybody can share their message especially people uh who have movements that they want to keep going like you know the black lives matter has multiple podcasts that you can learn and hear stories from people who are inside that movement who have had to deal with you know police brutality you know racism sexism and all that and each movement because <clears throat> i listen to so many different podcasts because 
that's my world. I hear all these different movements and I love the fact that podcasting is one way to grow your movement and share your movement. And yeah, I just, it's, it's my movement is podcast. Like I see a podcast, I have to jump on and listen to it because I want to be, because you become part of their movement. You become part of their world. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, I, I just love the the conversations about movements. And like Raj said, um, I don't feel I have a movement, but I feel like I'm a part of multiple movements. Thanks to podcasting. Beautiful. Well, speaking of movements, it's time to kind of share with the podcast world out there, as well as those in the room, that we are part of the New Media Collective on Clubhouse. We meet Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. Mountain, and we're broadcasting out to you on Billion Dollar Mind Podcast, now released on Apple and Spotify. Thanks to our producer, Phil Better, the podcast mogul, who you just heard. So, you know, to kind of turn this from maybe the introspective, the bottom of the iceberg. Have you ever seen that picture of the iceberg that's like side view, the little bits out the top, and then there's a ton of the iceberg. The bulk of the iceberg is under the ocean. And it's referred to oftentimes in therapy rooms of like, this is your conscious mind. And below, that's your underneath. That's all the stuff that's under there. You know, all the shit that needs cleaning out. Pardon my French. But you know what I mean. And it's almost like that in business, right? We look at this top tip part of the iceberg and uh, all the bells and whistles are up there. All the algorithms are up there. All, everything is up there. But there's so much more down below the iceberg in terms of uh, creating our wealth and lasting impact in the world. Uh, and so it's really beautiful to create some time and space to share about what it is we truly want to be doing, uh, enjoying creating our wealth rather than being trapped in an endless cycle of running in the rat race and trying to you know, please others and all of this stuff. And I think we have a really great, actually a really unique and amazing group of people here in the New Media Collective that really have some common, um, common uh, themes. So one common theme I see among our members is authenticity. I think we've been authentic with each other. We share personal and professional, and we know that we're all one person as a whole. And so I would like to suggest that we have some fun talking about some values that we might have in common, um, you know, and from what we've heard before. So I would say authenticity is one. Does anyone else have any values that you hold of high esteem? And part of why I'm doing this is so that we can, you know, amplify out our message to others so that we can align and attract others into our new media collective. So I don't know if anyone else has like a top value that you, uh, you know, wake up in the morning thinking about and that's your value. Like for me, authenticity is definitely one. And I think everyone on stage agrees. Armand, I saw you open your mic. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to see if my image would flash, but I guess I could talk about the value I think of. This is a really interesting question. And when I wake up in the morning, I'm usually just in a daze the first 10 minutes. So there's not much to think about, but if I were to say, waking up first thing in the morning, 
I think about growth. My mind is automatically like, what can I do today or right now that would be good for me? That is a large part of the reason why I like to start my morning with movement. And the movement helps me grow physically, but also grow in resilience. I would, I would say growth. Uh, I, I, I don't have that much more to go on just because in the morning time, my mind is a mess. So I'm going to pass that back to you, Tate. Thanks, Armand. I can totally see that for you. Growth. Who else has a value that you hold dear that we haven't mentioned yet? And I will say that, um, you know, growth is definitely part of our movement. Um, you know, the, my business, Billion Dollar Growth, wasn't always that name uh, in meaning. And I explained, I was writing a new bio this morning, and I thought I better let people know that billion dollar growth isn't for Tate. Billion dollar growth uh, at some point shifted into being being able to affect others within 10 years to be able to affect a billion dollars worth of growth, growth for all that you serve. And, you know, that feels right. That sits right. So, you know, the value of growth, oh, it's so big. Thanks, Armand. Appreciate it. Who else would like to bring up a value here? Raj. Hey, Jay. Um, okay, so what you and Armand have mentioned are awesome values. Um, but um, I've got two, actually. One is personal and one is business, and you will see how they fit together as well. So my personal is the value that I hold dearly is my health. And I'm glad to wake up every day because um, if I don't have my health, I don't have no wealth. And that's my ethos and my, and my way of working. So if I'm in good health, my mental state is good, I'm well rested, I can then assist and help my clients. Um, and then on the business side, I would like to say that I offer value in twofold. So it's free marketing tips, as everyone has seen in this room today, that I actually offer tips on my Instagram or Facebook, Twitter, and um, some other platforms that I'm on, like uh, LinkedIn as well. And um, the other is I offer a 30-minute free consultation. So consultations, as everyone's aware, they can cost hundreds, if not thousands of pounds. So I give a free 30-minute consultation. Now, if you look at it, it's like a triangle. So all three fit together. So if I have my health and I've got a good mental state, I can help my clients. And if I can help my clients, then that means I can create great content. By creating great content, I can then ask for clients to go for a free 30-minute consultation because what they resonate with, what they like, they want that, then we can have a chat. And if I'm in a good mental state, we can then offer that as a as a business. So... For me, it's a threefold, it's a threefold attack kind of thing. So the first thing that I think about in the morning is that I'm grateful to be up and I'm grateful to have another breath. But most importantly, I've got my great, I've got a good mental state um, in order to assist and help my clients. 
Outstanding. Raj, thanks for that. Bringing service out to the front. You know, service first. It's a beautiful thing. And these values are interesting as we speak about them. Just remember, those that are listening out on the podcast, you have an opportunity to become part of the New Media Collective. We made it boundaryless as much as possible. So you can come in. The only investment is your time and your attention. Um, and so you can join in by going to my Instagram at Billion Dollar Growth and tapping on the link uh, in the bio and come join us. Uh, we have a private Facebook community where you can feel like you belong to a group of other conscious entrepreneurs. And I would love to, um, as we get back to our movements and our values, what we're doing is sharing about the values that we have, because I think values fit right in with uh, purpose, right? If if not for values, we wouldn't have purpose. And if we didn't have a purpose, it probably means that we haven't explored enough of our own values, what we like. So I would love to um, hear some others. And then uh, actually, let's see, Doug, welcome to the room too. And Doug, if you don't mind, um, I'm going to let some others share and then we'll get to you and introduce you, my friend, okay? Awesome. Thank you. All right. So other values that uh, come through, we've talked about authenticity, we've talked about growth, we've talked about health and service. And so I would love to hear uh, what your values are, Lou. Thank you, Kate. Um, for me, yes, values. Now, the honesty and integrity are the two core values that come up for me. But kind of complementing those comes empathy. For me, it's really about understanding and being able to just have empathy with someone else's situation. So for me, that gives, you know, uh, gives me great understanding to be able to kind of uh, build rapport and understand others. Um, certainly, you know, when I'm working with new people um, and, you know, building building relationships and kind of long-lasting client relationships. Because for me, uh, you know, it's not about having a customer or a client for a one-off job. It's about building customer retention and having them be there and be part of my journey and as well as for me to be part of their journey for a, for a longer period of time and I guess along along with that comes mutual respect that that there's a kind of ongoing rapport and honesty that that gives us you know the, the time and understanding on a much longer trajectory um yeah so that's me honesty integrity empathy and mutual respect Just beautiful, Lou. Thank you so much. I'm reminded of the old times like Obi-Wan Kenobi and Luke Skywalker. You know, Obi-Wan didn't have like 50,000 Padawans to work with. It was like one at a time and there was a lot of exchange of empathy. Uh, and a quote that I really love is, you know, people don't care how much you know or how much you're selling until they know how much you care. And empathy is a great uh, value to add in, for sure. And, you know, it's interesting is this is a live, you know, session in terms of, you know, putting together values for our collective. Uh, you are a, 
part of that, and it's beautiful. Uh, so I'd love to turn over to uh, welcome Doug into the room. Doug Gordon, it's amazing to have you in this room of the New Media Collective. I know that you have a lot to add to a subject of uh, creating wealth and starting your movement and values and principles. So, Doug, would you like to just introduce yourself, who you are, and how values and creating a movement integrate into your business and life, my friend? Tate, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. And we met the other day, and it was just lovely um, lovely to share the stage with you and lovely to share the stage with you again. Um, yeah, look, uh, in terms of myself, I spent 21 years in the investment world selling hedge funds and mutual funds, working my way up from customer services to board director and head of sales and marketing, one of the biggest fund managers in the world. And uh, then I had a near-death experience, um, which completely knocked me sideways and changed my life completely. So gradually after the near-death experience, I wanted to heal myself. I'd had before that two operations that went wrong, three years or four years actually of chronic pain, waking up sometimes 10 times in the night. And uh, it changed me. And what it was really, what I realize now is I spent the first half, well, not half, hopefully, hopefully the first third of my life uh, basically chasing money, competition, uh, trying to impress my father, uh, all the things that came through ego and parental programs. And then the near-death experience and the operations and everything that went wrong kind of knocked me to the side and knocked me and woke me up to a sense of understanding that, that you know, competition, ego, and everything like that wasn't the way forward. It was all about trying to create a movement, as you're saying here, about love and doing everything in a state of love and trying to create love around what I do and everybody I meet as well. And I always say love is an acronym for lots wow. of vibrant, vibrant energy. Oh, I, I, speechless in a way, right? You know, who talks about love in a business room? <laughs> well, we ought to all be because you're right, Doug. It's a, you know, a, a crisis of the magnificence of losing one's life. You know, a movement is started off of that, right? Uh, and um, it's a perfect example. And you entered at the perfect time too, Doug. Um, so honored to have you here. You are a truly authentic uh, business person. And, you know, I'm kind of wondering, Doug, that from your um, days in the hedge fund, and I don't know that hedge fund managers are necessarily known for their complete empathy and service first mentality all the time. I'm sure you were. But uh, could you speak to how you were able to move through uh, those days and probably some high pressure environments at all. Yeah, sure. I mean, look, there was many wonderful people that I worked with, and they all were trying to do their best. And they were just generally intelligent people who'd come through the you know the state system in terms of education, got into a job, and ended up doing you know investment world. And because hedge funds paid decent money, they got into that. And a lot of them actually did a lot of good for charity and they actually utilized the money that they had to try and help as many people as they could. So it wasn't all that bad. But at the same time, there was a lot of competition. And, you know, you're up against sometimes, you know, 10,000 funds all doing the same type of thing. So, you know, you have to go into a client. And I was selling B2B to some of the biggest global banks in the world. And you have to be able to add value. Um, in some way or form, not just about the fun. So actually, it was great learning because it was almost like coaching a lot of the time because there was always a reason for you meeting people, and it was 
you know, it wasn't just about uh, business. Quite often they wanted to talk about their relationships and their issues and everything like that. And the person who listened, the person who added the most value and the person who could really emphasize with them uh, normally was the one who got the business. So there was a lot more to it than just investments, just, uh, you know, the economic system and just kind of trying to make money. It was much more about developing true relationships with people as a sales guy in order to develop, you know, a long-term relationship and then develop sales, obviously. But sales is all about communication, connection, and collaboration. And that's what I aimed for. And when you have that energy towards it, you become successful. And I ended up growing a business from 50 million per annum sales um, in six years to 1.75 billion per annum sales and was in the national newspapers for that as well. Wow. Thank you, Doug, for setting me clear on, on you know, someone from an outside perspective. Uh, you know, many decent, wonderful people doing hedge fund work, and uh, it's a high stress environment, and it's just so beautiful that we get you now. You know, we get to talk with you about the value you bring, and it's amazing to have you here, Doug. So, uh, quick lightning round before we wrap up here. We got about five minutes left in the in our hour, and uh, we never like to go over on our clubhouse rooms because. Time is the most important resource. So here's the lightning round. Uh, what is your superhero that would you would design for your movement in one sentence? And I'll start. My superhero is uh, a tortoise. And the tortoise is strong with a shell and moves through uh, life deliberately. So that's my uh, superhero. Uh, for my movement. So I'm going to hand the microphone over to Phil for his superhero movement. Now, Dave, you're putting me on the spot here. I have to think of a superhero that comes for the podcasting movement. Um, I would probably have to think oh, an owl would probably be the superhero because it's wise and you get so much wisdom from listening to podcasts. So for my movement, it would be an owl. And I'm going to send it off to Love you. it. Love it. Thank you so much. Um, what a great question, Tate. Now, my superhero would be a really nurturing parent that could just swoop in and give everyone huge hugs and just really listen to those really quiet voices that all of us have that we don't share with others to really, you know, gain an understanding and an empathy and just know and just guide, but also you know, to encourage and support um, uh, and just, you know, kind of make us see the, the true light of, of what our potential is uh, and kind of drive us forward. So that's my superhero. Oh, nurturing parent. I love it, Lou. Thank you. How about Raj? I'm going to be a little bit different, guys. Um, I'm a massive Marvel fan. So one of my many favorite characters is Iron Man. And the reason why I say Iron Man is because he's really innovative, he's creative, and he's a go-getter. So whatever he wants, he goes and gets. But at the same time, when he goes and gets it, he achieves the results for what he wants to go and get. So I would say my superhero will be Iron Man, but I will be helping businesses to achieve their goals. Whoa, Raj. Did anyone else hear that? He went into like the Iron Man digital space. Say what you said last again, Raj. So, so basically, um, 
Iron Man is a go-getter. And when he goes and gets what he wants, he achieves and he succeeds. So what, what I'm about is that I go and I get what I want and I help businesses to achieve as well. Beautiful. Iron Man Raj. Love it. How about Armand? Armand, who's your superhero? I'm going to go with the theme of uh, animals here. I'll pick the raccoon because they're cute and they're feisty. Okay, well, no one is more cute and feisty than Armand. <laughs> I love it. Armand, that's super cool. Very, very cool. And last but not least, Doug, what would your superhero be? Well, if you've seen Harry Potter, you know, these dementias that come up and basically make people feel negative. So one of those things that Harry Potter uses is a Patronus, which is uh, like a symbolized ghost-like thing that clears out negative energy and clears out them. So one of the things that I do often is clear out negative energy off people in order to align them to their best selves so they can achieve what they want to achieve and focus on what they want rather than what they don't want. So that would be my thing. Oh, that's beautiful. And everyone can follow Doug at Doug's Wizarding School. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, everyone, for being here today on stage in the New Media Collective Room of Clubhouse. We meet every Tuesday, Thursday, uh, 3 p.m. Mountain, broadcasting out to our podcast, Billion Dollar Mind. And today we were talking about enjoying creating wealth. Uh, starting with your movement, sort of a reverse of what most people say. We kind of shared a little bit about just to review overthinking, overanalysis, purposes of our movement, uh, how the pandemic has affected our business. And, you know, online COVID protected, that's what we do now, right? We can help people become protected from COVID and uh, movement too big. Uh, maybe we start with a purpose, right? So we talked that purpose might be somewhere to start. Um, and, you know, common values of the New Media Collective starts with you. So if you're interested in becoming part, come to my Instagram page at Billion Dollar Growth. Tap on the link in the bio. You can join, too. Everyone is welcome. We want conscious entrepreneurs to join us in their growth. And so some common values we talked about today are authenticity, growth, health, service, empathy, honesty, integrity, and love. And Doug, would you tell us one more time what you want love to stand for again? Lots of vibrant energy. So if you optimize your energy, you'll optimize your life. Ah, so beautiful. And we'll end it there today. Thanks everyone for being part. And we'll catch you next Tuesday for more beautiful fun. And I'm ending the podcast and the room in five, four, three, two.